being abundant and generating revenue for your business, for your life is your number two priority next to your energy. And when those two things are in alignment, the third part of our alignment map comes into play, which is the roadmap to success, which means that everyone's version of success looks different, especially when it comes to building a business. You can watch all the programs and follow all of the quote unquote rules, but if I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please, sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and today uh, I got two very special guests with me. They are the founders of Ladies Align. Um, they're two female entrepreneurs that are crushing it. Um, but what's funny about them is they're kind of, if you look at what they're doing, they're kind of opposite, um, but they kind of come together and are aligned. You know, one's more money mindset, the other one's more woo-woo, spirituality, meditation. Uh, so I want to introduce uh, Melissa Martin and Sandy Vo to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much Thanks for, for having, having us. us. We're excited Bye. to be here. Yeah, and it's why I was really excited to talk to you guys is there's this buzzword now. It's like align, right? You see like align this, align that. What does ladies align mean? Like what's its, would you say its mission statement is um, from your perspective? I can kind of, I know what it is from my perspective. And then how'd you guys meet and what inspired you guys to get started with it? Yeah. Well, we can start off by talking about the word alignment and what it means to us. And then we can share a little bit more about yeah. our model. But, um, you know, at least for me, there is two different parts when it comes to alignment. The first thing is yourself. It's like when you make a decision, when it comes to yourself and your boundaries and the things that you're saying yes to and the things that you're saying no to and um, the programs that you're launching, are you doing it from a place that feels aligned with your highest self? And this, when you make decisions along that place, it feels super expansive and exciting and it feels like you're tapped into unlimited potential. So there's the energetic piece of, does it feel aligned with you first? And then it's about like aligning together as a community and locking arms with other women and um, raising the, the collective consciousness when we realize that when you can honor your own highest and greatest good, then it's gonna help all of us collectively. So that's really really what alignment means to us. And then we developed a whole alignment model that Melissa can talk a little bit about as well from that. Yeah. So ladies aligned is really founded on three core pillars of living in alignment. One being the foundation of self-care. And as you mentioned, uh, Sandy is our guru here in the self-care space um, because we believe that your energy is your number one priority. And if you're not caring for yourself, it's really challenging to tap into that alignment and your inner knowing and really create what you were put on this planet to do. So self-care is the foundation. And from there, money mindset, which is really my jam and focusing a lot on abundance and the ability to just be open to receive because so often, not even from a financial perspective, but an energetic perspective, we block abundance in so many different forms. So just bringing awareness to that. And we believe that being abundant and generating revenue 
for your business, for your life is your number two priority next to your energy. And when those two things are in alignment, the third part of our alignment map comes into play, which is the roadmap to success, which means that everyone's version of success looks different, especially when it comes to building a business. You can watch all the programs and follow all of the quote unquote rules, but if it doesn't feel in alignment for the way that you want to show up, it's not going to work for your business. And that's why people throw a lot of stuff at the wall and hope that it will stick. And then they get frustrated and they can't figure out why their business isn't moving forward. It's because they're trusting everybody else and not really looking inward and, and trusting themselves. So that's really the foundation of what Ladies Align represents and how we operate in our business and who we serve is early stage female entrepreneurs that feel like they have a bigger gift inside, but they just feel stuck and they really want to tap into what that, what that thing is and, and be able to take action from a truly aligned place. Because when they do, everything in their life shifts, relationships, their ability to earn income, their ability to serve, and the world becomes a better place. Yeah, it's you're so right on that. And both of you, like, thank you for sharing like your perspectives on each. And I think it's funny because, you know, so many people right now are looking to find alignment, they're looking to find clarity and purpose in the midst of their lives. I mean, some are in the midst of chaos as we speak, others are like kind of on the growth aspect of it. And I think when we try to force things, right, things don't tend to work. So it's like force creates resistance, right? And so, I know like you guys kind of met naturally. You guys met at a fitness conference, if I remember correctly. Melissa, you were um, an Abacare rep, right? And then Sandy, fitness competition, right? Physique yeah. competitor, bikini competitor, com uh, competitor. So like walk me through like what that looked like. How does this relationship form? And like how has it evolved, you know, since what? It's been like six years, five years, right? Yeah. Wow. You have really sharp memory. I love it. Uh, yeah, our relationship started in 2013 and it started from a place of pure adversity. So in 2013, I had been, I had decided to compete in a bodybuilding competition. I think it was like June 29th, 2013. That was the date of the competition. And it was the one and only time that I knew that I would compete because for me, it was really about I was going through a place of depression and anxiety and getting myself on the stage was about having a goal that, that would just keep me running, like anything at all to keep me running. So at the time I was um, a junior in college, I was the VP of the American Marketing Association. I was like on the board of the peer, like mentorship associ association. I had uh, three jobs that I was juggling at the same time. I was, um, doing the bodybuilding competition. So as you can see, I was training my mind to live from a very scattered survival mode kind of place because I had a lot going on that I didn't actually want to sit and process and deal with. And silence was scary for me. You know, like every time that I would have moments to myself, I would watch reality TV and like just put something on to just numb the pain, anything to numb the pain a little bit more. So now where was that come? Where was the anxiety and depression coming from? Was it just like, were you battling a certain thing you were like a was it a relationship was it a relationship with yourself was it like what, what were you going through at that time yeah yeah I'll definitely get to that so so I didn't realize at the time that I was going through any kind of depression and um until 
I decided to compete in that bodybuilding competition where I got to develop a relationship with my body. And I got to understand a little bit more about like this anger that I was feeling that no one else could see. But when I picked up that dumbbell in the gym and looked at myself in the mirror, or when I like hit this, the speed button to increase the, the speed of the treadmill, like there was so much anger that was processing through. And uh, some of it were um, wounds from my childhood, from my dad, um, divorce, things like that. But I didn't realize that the deeper wounds that were also manifesting as well. So it was the day that I had competed in that bodybuilding competition where I decided that I didn't want to live in the closet anymore. I felt like I was living two different identities. There was this identity that I created that was like Sandy, the high achieving, like Dean's list girl that had it all together. Like she could party, she could get great grades. She could like hold it all together and everything looked fine. And she was like happy and dandy. But then there was like the real Sandy that was like really depressed and unhappy with her life and had no sense of direction or no sense of purpose. And so when I had competed that day, I decided that I want people to see that version of Sandy because that is the version that I am actually living with on a daily basis. And it no longer felt good to me to put up a facade and to force myself to smile when really like I was just trying so hard to just even keep myself afloat. And so that day when we competed, now this was with the WBFF organization and they do like a fitness component and they do a fashion component. So I had asked when we did the fashion component, if I could sing a song and dedicate it to my cousin, Lena. Now, I didn't realize that a lot of the things that I was experiencing was also due to the death of my cousin, Lena. She passed away at 19 years old, right before she turned 20 um, in 2010, right when I was starting my college career. So that was like the, the, um, the anchor into everything else that I had felt really depressed about. And she was like a really a big sister to me. So the organizer said yes to me sharing my story and singing a song and dedicating it to Lena. So I got on stage in this like white gown. And I remember like saying things that was declaring my my marriage to myself. Like I was in this white dress and it was my declaration to like finally commit to me and commit to feeling better and just like professing that to everyone and also bringing out to light this beautiful spirit that led me to this place of deep healing. So I sang There You'll Be by Faith Hill and then I'll let Melissa share a little bit about what happened after that. Yeah, well, real quick before Melissa, just two seconds, I want to say like, it's amazing when you start to dig to peel back the onion and go back into your childhood on how that can really unveil and unpack an entire way of healing um, for yourself. I know from for me, I had no idea about any of this, the, the childhood stuff. And so I was actually I, I shared this with you, I was in the process of competing for a physique competition. Um, you know, I was 5% body fat, I was looking to model for Abercrombie and Fitch. And I thought that was what happiness was like. Yeah, was you know, being ripped, making good money as a trainer. And then like having all, all of my clients who were like, dude, why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? Like, and inside I still saw that like the fat kid that I was growing up and a lot of the trauma yeah. that I suffered. And I was like, how come I don't have any confidence in like myself? Like I should have all the confidence in the world. And it wasn't until I started unpacking a lot of the stuff that I had as a kid that like, it was like warped my frame of thinking that even though like, I looked the way I did in the mirror. I saw somebody completely different because 
our opinion and an image of ourselves gets hijacked sometimes based on the opinion of others. Right. So, you know, the segue into to Melissa, like, so you're here, you're at this fitness competition, Sandy's, you know, singing her soul away and, you know, doing something that's ex- extremely vulnerable and powerful in the way of being able to, uh, dedicate something that's so special because I think anytime you do something like that it's definitely there's a healing component what was Mm -hmm. going through your mind when you heard when you heard that and uh not to sound cliche like did you feel like aligned to Sandy from that moment yeah so I truly believe vulnerability is the pathway to connection and when I saw her on stage and I heard her share her story what it did for me was create a deep sense of connection to her because I also had lost my sister to leukemia when she was 26 years old. I was, it was like 20 days before my 21st birthday. And similarly to Sandy, my sister was like an old soul and a really important anchor in my life. We were six years apart, but she represented everything that I wasn't, you know, like she gave me something to look forward to or to aspire towards. And so in that moment, because Sandy was so willing to be vulnerable, it created a deep sense of connection, like an instant bond that we had something similar. And we like my, my trauma recognized her trauma, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, I walked up to her after and I had tears in my eyes and I was like, wow, just, I want to, just thank you so much for sharing that story because I also lost my sister and it was so beautiful, you know, to hear you, to hear you share that. And, you know, this is, this is a teachable moment for anybody in life. Oftentimes we feel like things in our life that go wrong, the adversity that we face, the traumas, they happen to us, but really they happen for us for a reason to help us shift a perspective, to have a pattern interrupt to be the generational pattern interrupt because we're the ones that can actually shift it. And it's, it's not always clear in the moment. And we feel like we can't share those things because other people might judge us or it makes us weak, but actually vulnerability is the thing that gives us strength. I truly believe that. So, and that's why I love this platform and everything that you shared, Doug, because it's really about being vulnerable and being transparent and saying, Hey, I went through this thing but I'm on the other side of it and I can relate to you and Hey, you're like, you're not alone. And I love what you shared about fitness competitions because I went through the same thing. You know, I was an overachiever. I worked in the financial service industry, number one on my sales team. And I, I got laid off and I felt like I'd lost my identity because I was tying so much of my self-worth to my net worth. And I ended up in six figures of debt. I had back taxes to the IRS and I felt worthless And I had all this free time on my hands being on unemployment. And I was like, you know what? Maybe if I have a perfect body, that will solve all of my problems, right? My problems. Mm -hmm. And I decided to compete in fitness competitions. And again, same pattern. I was an achiever. I had the perfect abs. I became a professional competitor, but I wasn't happy. And I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, I thought this is what I wanted. And it was so much deeper. It goes back to you know, childhood wounds and beliefs around, um, you know, my body and what it means to be a woman and to be a sexual being and not understand that. And I mean, we could, we could talk for hours about that, but I feel like we always look for things outside of us, whether it's food or money or fitness or achievement to give us the fulfillment that we want, but really 
what it comes down to is we're the common denominator in all of our pain and we have a decision of how we want to shift it. So to bring it full circle, like recognizing Sandy being so willing to share that and saying, this is, you know, yes, this is what I'm going through, but I'm choosing to shift my perspective around it and I'm choosing a different path. I'm not going to stay stuck in victim mode. I'm going to move through this and use my message to impact other people. Like, man, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, we became friends on Facebook and that was it. Like we didn't talk for two years after that. And this was out in Massachusetts. And two years later, Sandy checked into a coffee shop in upstate New York, which was about an hour away from where I was living at the time. And I'm like, no way this girl lives like an hour from me. Right. And she'd been posting a lot of positivity and mindset stuff. And she'd been deepening her practice in self-care and really anchoring into her spirituality. And I just really resonated with everything she was sharing. So I reached out and I was like, girl, we need to know each other. Like, Hey girl, do you want to be in my network marketing team? I totally tried to recruit her into my network marketing team, but we ended up um, setting up like our first girl date painting pottery together, which was so funny. That's cute. Um, looking back on it, but we, yeah, we had like one of those. Thinks of that. Yeah. It was, it was just like very meditative and soothing and really creative, but we, closed the place down. Like we were the last ones there. And we had one of those conversations where you feel like, man, we've been living parallel lives and we just connected so deeply on boyfriends and body image and family stuff and money and spirituality and, and all the things. And that's really how, that's how our friendship started. It was, it was at an event, vulnerability and the power of social media, right? Right. And vulnerability is the gateway to connection. I think that's a, was that a Brene Brown thing, right? Is that a Brene Brown? I have no idea. I don't Maybe know either. I heard but it from her. No, I don't I know. know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, no, I don't know where, I, where it's from, but it's so, so true that, you know, in order for, to create connection, we're all looking for connection on social media to grow a business. Right. And a lot of my coaching clients who I help them with their businesses or even friends, I'm like, you got to share the nitty gritty stuff. Like no one wants I mean, people, the people you're looking to attract aren't going to relate to you with the shiny objects because they're going to see you and be like, they don't get me. They're driving this, they're driving that. Like that's not, I'm like 50 pounds overweight, super unhappy with myself. Like how do I know that person gets me? Right. And you know, it's so important to authentically share because what I've learned is, and it was hard for me to share at first because I was a convicted felon. I remember sharing with my clients that I was a convicted felon and they were like, well, how'd you become a trainer? And for a while I'd be like, ah, oh, it's a long story. I'll tell you later. Right. But finally, when I had the courage to open up, I just was like, um, I told them that I was in jail and they, and they, and when I, the reaction I thought I was going to get was, well, you're fired. But what I got was, man, like I have so much respect for you. Like so proud of like da, da, da. My point is the people, when you share, like when you truly share and there's no bullshit, the people that are meant to be in your life are meant to be in your life. And the people that like try to chop you down and judge you for it just aren't. And so what I love about this, sh about my show is the reason I started it is because I've, I've interviewed a bunch of different people, like people that, I mean, I've had people who have, you would look at somebody like Autumn Calabrese, right? Who's probably one of the most well-known fitness people in the world right now. And you would think she has no problems, right? She shares, I interviewed, you know, a guy like Dave Hollis, same kind of thing. And then you all, when you look at like, Sandy and Melissa, you guys are shining. You guys have great businesses. I was asking Sandy before we hopped on, I was like, well, what, how are you doing? She's like, you know, nothing's really changed. We're thankful to have built online businesses, but the only thing we're having to adjust now is like routine. So I don't know who wants to jump on this first, but what would be something that maybe has occurred in the last 
three months, six months, three days, that's a big point of adversity. And how you, what types of tools and tactics you have used to get through that, uh, that are positive and have had you come out better on the other side. I'll leave it up to either one of you to take the lead on it. Yeah, I love this. Before I even jump into that, though, I want to comment on something that you mentioned that I thought was really great about like the importance of sharing your truth, because we're living in an age and a time now where that is needed more than ever, especially as women and even men. Like there are so many things that I bet your heart wants to say right now that you've just been suppressing and suppressing because you've been trained to seek for validation from the people outside of you. And this is something that we were walking our clients through yesterday about when it comes to the online space and when it comes to the, the moment that we're living in right now where there is a, a literal pandemic around us, you get to be the thought leader, you get to lean into your gifts, you get to like allow your light to shine the brightest that it's ever shined. And the way that we do that is by speaking our truth. And sometimes when you speak your truth, it's not going to be attractive to every single person. And if it's not, then it's okay. And I remember like I've been guiding a lot of my clients through this meditation. And one of the questions that I ask them is what is your, like, as you plant your feet on the ground, what is the stance that you want to create in the world? Like how, how do you, what do you want to stand for? And when you can decide what it is that you stand for, what your message is, what your core beliefs are, and you can show up as a leader in that way, what you do is you create a filtration system of people that are meant to hear your message and people that are not. And the people that are not will simply seek resources elsewhere. And this is so important because it creates a lot of um, polarity and it allows you to stand out as a leader. So I encourage those of you listening right now, if you have a story around adversity, similar to Doug, similar to Melissa, similar to mine, don't be afraid to show up and, and share your truth and be as polarizing as you can because people need to hear that message. Um, so speaking about adversity within the last three months, I would have to say that the most recent adversity that we had is one that is actually not new to us. And that's having to postpone our events, align and rise. So Melissa and I have this, uh, beautiful three day event in Saratoga Springs, New York. So it's in a really small town. And it's for female entrepreneurs to help them get unstuck, uncover their unique gifts so that they can truly rise and serve from a place of alignment and be the thought leaders in their field. And we're super excited for it. We've been planning it for months now. We have vendors, partners, swag bag partners, speakers, like uh, everything kind of on board, ready to go for May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And then we um, get the news that New York is banning all large gatherings over 50 people. And so Melissa and I had to hop on the phone like a couple, a week and a half ago and have a, an honest discussion about what it is that we want to do that is going to be the best decision that prioritizes the safety of our attendees as we're kind of going through this coronavirus COVID-19 epidemic right now um, that we're, we're living in. And, and it, it was interesting because it didn't feel as hard 
for us to make this decision because last year, the very first event that we ever had was, was planned for January 18th, 19th, and actually for just a two-day event back in 2018. And was it 2018? No, it was 2019. I swear to you, like it feels like we've had this company for five years. <laughs> so it was 2019. We had a massive blizzard come to us that day, like towards that day. And the day before we had to make a decision on whether or not to postpone the event. Now, people had already bought their flights, their tickets. Some people had already flown into the area to explore before coming to our event. And we had to make an aligned decision on what was going to be the safest and the, and the smartest decision, the most responsible decision as um, hosts and really learn how to surrender to the outcome. So it was interesting because it was almost like we were trying to make it happen, but then intuitively, like I knew that we had to reschedule and I, and, and it's almost like we, we needed more time too. So it kind of worked out in that way. And then when I spoke up, Melissa was like, I feel the same way. <laughs> so we ended up um, transitioning and postponing our event. And that was our first really big lesson in adversity with our um, ladies Align company and learning how to surrender to the outcome and learning how to listen to our intuition every step of the way, because your intuition is like your inner GPS system. It's always going to give you the right direction. And if it's not the right direction, it's always going to reroute, you know, so it's just going to take you a little bit longer to learn if you don't listen to it the first time. And so this time around, when we found out that we had to postpone our event indefinitely, it was so much of an easier decision to make. And instead of getting caught up in like everything that's going wrong, we asked ourselves, okay, like how is this going right? And something that I've been encouraging a lot of people to ask is like, how is this the best thing that ever happened to you? Because truly it's happening for you. And how is it the best thing that's ever happened? Even you getting laid off from your job or you losing clientele or um, you uh, losing different opportunities, like speaking engagements and things like that. How is it the best thing that ever happened to you? And for us, it gave us the opportunity to postpone our event to a later time that felt better. But now we're creating an online space for people to connect and get quality content resources from high level industry leaders at a much lower, lower investment so that people can get access to this information where they wouldn't have ever had access to it before because it was such a higher investment to even get into learning a little bit from these thought leaders. So it's really amazing how easy it is to pivot when we can learn to listen to our intuition and to surrender to the outcome. And I'll let Melissa share a little bit about that yeah, as well. Well, yeah. So real quick, like you're right. Like there's been so many events, things that have been postponed um, over the last, you know, several weeks, maybe even the last month. Right. I mean, I think what's, what's today, March 25th, you know, we had our retreat two weeks ago. I think it was the last night of our retreat was when things started to really crumble, right? Trump spoke about the travel ban and then the NBA canceled their season and the masters got post and then everything just was like all the way down. Right. And here, I, I mean, it's just from a personal perspective. And I was actually talking to Chris when I was interviewing him the other day on my show, I was like, it was like divine intervention because he was talking about how in the, in the 08 recession, he'd been wanting to get out of the corporate America. And then that like, you know, punted him in a different direction. Just like I heard Melissa, you share about you getting out of your job and Sandy where you were at. And for me, like the last night of our retreat, 
it was like it was like god was like all right you need to get out like you know what i mean and um so it was just kind of crazy how it all happens and then i want to also add you were talking about like getting external validation from outside sources like during this time like the reason that like i mean i became a christian like back in god it's been about six years now five years and i embrace other forms of spirituality too um but with that being said like when you are when you are like you're always gonna have to refill that cup like with validation if you're getting it from other people if you're getting it from fitness or your job because you can never make enough money you can never have an, as enough friends or whatever it is but just feeling whole and feeling like there's purpose and peace within you and there's something outside of you that's like kind of helping you on your path that's something that's infinite so, mm-hmm. so um I, and i loved how you explained how you pivoted from getting a situation that, that a lot of people probably would have taken and maybe have crawled in the corner and cried and, and blamed that situation, blamed the COVID-19 for them not putting on their event. You guys did a phenomenal job in like reworking that. Right. So Melissa, like, would you say you, you experienced a similar type of adversity with the, with the event? Was there something else that, that had happened? I mean, if you feel free to share like openly about, you know, whatever you may have been facing the last in the near short short term and how you've kind of handled it and gotten through. (laughs) Yeah. So my new mantra that I've adopted is this or something better. So when we had to move our event in 2019 and we moved it again this year, this or something better anchors me into releasing expectation on how it's supposed to look and being open to something even more amazing. And hindsight's 2020, right? So in 2012, I worked in the financial service industry and I was making really great money. I lived in a really small town in upstate New York and I was working remotely. So I kind of had the best of both worlds and my company made a decision to restructure um, and get rid of my, my group. And it was a company of 130 people. So there wasn't another spot for me and I got laid off. And in a naive sort of way, I thought that I was insulated from that because I was number one on my team. I was a high achiever. And as a result, I spiraled into all this debt and depression. And my money mindset was just in the garbage. And I thought that having a perfect body would solve all my problems. I went out, I competed. That didn't solve my problem. And I kept trying to find another job and I wasn't getting hired. I wasn't getting callbacks and I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Right. And that's when I got introduced to the power of network marketing by mistake, you know, just not even something that I had been considering. And I was actually really resistant to it for a long time, but I had success quickly and I, I actually doubled the amount of income that I had been earning from my corporate job. And I looked back and I thought, wow, this, I was being redirected, like rejections, redirection, right? So this wasn't happening to me. This was happening for me. So to introduce me to what network, like the power of entrepreneurship and passive income and working for myself and leadership development, all those things. So I grew multiple six figure income in that business, but I still wasn't happy. And again, it goes back to what we were sharing earlier. Like I was seeking validation from external things, but the common denominator was me. So I started digging in and I really desire to have a better relationship with money because it was the root of like the things that kept coming up in my life. So I started doing the work. I started reading the books and hiring the coaches and listening to the podcasts and journaling and really shifting my perspective around money. Um, in 2019, well, actually it was more like 2016. I started to feel 
like the box that I was in and network marketing was too small for the message that I had to share. Like I had a bigger platform, I had a bigger voice and I was feeling misaligned. And I started to kind of branch outside of network marketing. Sandy and I partnered in ladies aligned in 2018 and you know, my message and my mission started to grow bigger. And in 2019, <laughs> it's unbelievable how patterns will repeat in our life and, and lessons will come back around if we've missed something and we haven't caught it the first time. So in 2019, I'll never forget. It was the end of May. It was a Friday morning. I got a phone call from my leadership team in my network marketing company, letting me know that later that day we were going to hear that our company was restructuring I remember and they that. were going, yeah. yeah, I mean they, so for those that are unfamiliar with network marketing, you have a multi-level compensation plan, which means when you recruit people into your business and you grow them as leaders, you share in the, their business revenue. So for seven years I had been building leaders in this business and it, the, when the company restructured that multi-level component of income generation was going away, which basically meant 95% of the way I earned income was gone in two months. And it felt scary. Like all of my childhood stuff came up around safety and fear and support. And I mean, it literally threw my life upside down, but I had the mindset shift around, okay, this or something better. And it created so much more more space for me to lean into my own gifts. And now being in the situation that we're in now with, you know, the coronavirus and COVID-19 and all that stuff, I feel like, you know what, I've, I was just here six months ago. It kind of feels the same. I'm not really worried. So the perspective shift was again, this or something better. What lesson did I miss the last time? And what are the tools that I have now that I can lean in? And it's, it's less about money and it's more about grounding into like what you were saying, Doug, about that, like that inner peace and that inner faith around my ability to be abundant. So abundance to me is more than just money in my bank account. It's food, it's clothing, it's love, it's relationships, it's fresh air and water. I mean, there are so many reasons that we have to celebrate abundance in our life. It's just, it's more than money. And I feel like we're going through this period of time right now for the collective to kind of wake up to that and yeah. shift perspective a little bit. So that's my, that's one of my million adversity stories. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one that's most present right now? Right, right. And I think it's interesting how we all go through times like this and we all are going to continue, right? Like, and I think the way people are battling things right now is going to set them up like the, the coronavirus, COVID-19 will be gone, but the way our habits that we create during this time won't be, right? So I've encouraged, you know, mm -hmm. I've been in recovery from opiates and cocaine and for about, what's it been, like 11 and a half years. And I've been talking to my mm -hmm. clients who are like binging on like stuff. I'm like, be careful. I was like, this is where addiction breeds because I was in a situation with adversity with the stuff I was going through and I turned to drugs to mask a lot of the pain. Now we're all in the same situation. So we're going to really see how people manage their emotions, their stress, what they're going through. Now there's anything wrong with the way we handle things. We all handle it differently. But our main concern right now as people is like, well, how are we, how are we going to be after this is over? So if your goal is to be better off you know, in three months and you are today, like being cognizant of how you're spending your time, like watching positive media instead of like the news. Like I've, I've made a rule to the people I'm training. I'm like, if you're going to listen to the news for 30 minutes, you better be listening to podcasts for 60 minutes. That's like a rule, right? 
And like one of the things I'm trying to do is unless our president or our, our governor is speaking, I'm not watching the news because that's when I know I have to pivot. I might have to pivot. Something might be closed. It might be this or that. So, you know, just being able to fill yourself with different things inside of like your life right now is important. And, and Melissa, I heard you talk about, you know, relationships and inner circle and um, Sandy, I know you guys are passionate about that too, being that you've been involved in masterminds and hanging out with people. What has that done for your well-being when you go through hard times? Because I know for me, one of the catalysts for one of, for my my destruction back in the day was the people I hung out with and I was settling for friendships and different people that just weren't lifting me up. What has the ability to shift into more abundant relationships done for when you're dealing with some hard times? Can you ask that question again? Yeah, what has the uh, your ability to have abundant relationships with people that lift you up done for you when you're dealing mm. with hard times like the one we're in now? Yeah, I love this. I think that where that really starts is the relationship that we have with ourselves. So I love what you were saying earlier about being really mindful about what you're allowing in. I actually just wrote a post about this and it's like now more than ever, we need to set boundaries around what we're allowing into our mind because our mind is our mental real estate. And it's the greatest, most powerful asset that we have. And I always go back to self-care is being self-aware. So if we are sitting on Instagram, scrolling and reading information, not even aware that we're slouching our backs and not even aware that our energy is getting drained as we're doing all of that, we are allowing information to come into our minds that are going to make an impression that will then make decisions for us. So we're starting to plant seeds in our unconscious mind and we'll start making decisions that we're not even aware that we're making because as we're processing through all of these thoughts, which are 80 to 90,000 thoughts a day, 95 to 98% of them are the same as the thoughts that we had yesterday. And so it's so, it's so important for us to be mindful of what we're allowing to come into our energetic field and how we are treating ourselves in this time. I truly believe that our ability to attract abundant relationships in our lives first starts with if we're filling up our cup, right? Like, are you taking care of your basic needs right now? Are you drinking enough water? Are you finding enough time for quiet? Are you giving yourself enough space? Are you... Um, are you cleansing your body and taking showers? Are you exercising? You know, are you doing all the things that you need to do to fill up your cup first, meditating, you know, and allow your energy to overflow so that you can actually be a leader and pour into other people's cups because we all know that we can't pour from an empty cup. So that's always the first place. And what I find is that when the more that you prioritize your energy and the more that you protect your mental real estate, what happens is you start to become a magnet to attract the right people to come into your life. And the right people, you, the right people will become attracted to you because you are now vibrating at a different frequency, a higher frequency. And so you start attracting people out of left field who are drawn to your message, who are drawn to your core values because you're so anchored in your core values that you start attracting people that are also anchored in that core value. It's like when I showed up on stage and I have a core value of honesty and transparency, Melissa was attracted to that because that's her core value as well. 
So I think that's always the first place. And then once you attract those abundant relationships, the way that it really lifts you up is like you are doubling when you're raising your frequency, you're doubling the amount of energy around you doing the thing that you want to do when you're in the room with other people. So my teacher always told me that the company you keep is stronger than your will. So when I have a thought that, or a vision or a dream that I want to expand on, I'm not going to be as strong enough willfully to do it until I have an environment that supports me in doing it or a company that supports me in doing it. So had I not had the fiance that I've like manifested into my life or a friend like Melissa or other people that I have in my life or even family members that I've went um, back and forth moments of navigating through family relationships with, then I would just stay stuck in the same place because the company you keep is stronger than your will. And so when you begin to change your own environment and you begin to pay attention to your own basic needs and get really clear on what your values are and build boundaries around them, your family changes because of that. You start attracting the right people and together we raise each other up. So it's like, I like to think of it like being a lighthouse. When you're a lighthouse, you're like constantly putting light out into the ocean to show the ships which way to go. And you all get to stay afloat together because of that. You all know which way you're going. Um, and that's, yeah, like that's my response to that. It's amazing. And you're, and you're so, so true. Like how the energy you put out is what you're going to get back. So yes. it's like, if you're being pessimistic and you're complaining all the time, then you're going to be attracted and attract people that are pessimistic and complaining. It's just it's just human nature. Right. And I believe our environment creates a false sense of normalcy based on wh who we're with. So like, we don't know what a more abundant, you know, group of relationships looks like until we work on ourselves and be like, you know what, like I'm not aligned with that anymore. I know for me, when I started really working on myself and gotten, got more into health and fitness and wanting to serve other people and personal development, my old friends that I was like riding around partying with, like, like all the time, like, it wasn't, they were bad people. I just had nothing in common with them anymore. I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I wanted to sit home and like eat, you know, I'd be like at home, like eating and like watching Netflix versus like wanting to go to the bars until like 2am. Like mm -hmm. it just wasn't for me anymore. Like I got so, and I think in order to change your environment, change your circle, there's some sacrifices that need to be made. For me, one of the hardest things as I look back was one of the biggest blessings was, and you talk about, the only reason I'm sharing this is because you talk about being like true to yourself is when I got out of jail, I was 21 and I'm 30, 32 now. Um, I was living with my grandparents and I literally on Friday and Saturday nights, instead of going out with my friends, I had to sacrifice and sit on the couch, watch like food network, dancing with the stars, you know, baseball, which, you know, like every night watching baseball gets boring. To me, it was a little bit boring. I taught myself how to cook based on watching the food network. I, and I learned that I can sit with myself and be okay. Mm -hmm which a lot of people can't, most people can't. A lot of people right now are struggling because they're having to look that person in the mirror that they've been uh, disrespectful towards or irresponsible towards or let that person go that they have to really work on right now because there's a lot of alone time. And I think we try to, when we're in pain, instead of just sitting in the pain and being like, all right, like how, how can I work through this? How can I take like the blessings out of it? We want to just push it away as fast as we can. Because we're taught that, that pain is bad. Mm -hmm. And I think pain's good. Not that like like intentionally you want to create pain in your life, but you know what I'm getting at. So Melissa, like I know you're involved in the same circle that Sandy is. 
you might have a different perspective on inner circle and abundance and relationships. Like, have you had any kind of shift in any types of relationships you've been in? Um, I mean, not, I mean, just personal business that have, you've kind of learned that, you know, you have to work on yourself first. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, I, I echo everything that you're sharing and, and everything that Sandy's sharing your, your environment is stronger than your will. And that can actually serve you in a really powerful way, depending like if you put yourself in an environment of thought leaders and successful people that have the life that you want, that can like hold you to a higher standard. Um, and then the opposite is true. If you are consistently trying to grow and expand and you're in an environment that doesn't support that, sometimes it requires really difficult decisions and choices like you were saying. And so for me, if I were to share the most recent transition I had to make, it was out of actually out of my marriage. I was wow. married for seven years and, um, you know, I have a lot of love and respect for, for my partner. He's not a bad person. And, and honestly, I've really redefined what successful relationships look like. I think our society says that, uh, in order to have a successful relationship or a successful marriage, it has to be long. And I really don't agree with that anymore. I think that we all are here to have a human experience and to learn from one another. And the people that we choose to have relationships with become our greatest teachers. We enter into this soul contract or relationship contract to learn something and evolve out of that relationship and then move on to a new one to learn something new. And I'm sure even with what you've been through, Doug, and the relationships that you had and the drug addiction and, and finding yourself in jail, those relationships taught you a lesson that you've learned from and now evolved from. And I think that every relationship has an expiration date. It's our decision as to what that date's going to be and what we take and learn from it. And my husband, my ex-husband was one of my, one of my greatest teachers. I have so much gratitude for him. And I also recognized in the container of that relationship that I had, he, he became a really powerful mirror for me to see where I had my own work to do. Like you're talking about pain and especially in relationships, pain is an opportunity for us to look at where we are out of alignment and where we're not living into our highest purpose. And the fastest way through the fastest way out of pain is through it. And I had spent years and years and years ignoring my pain. And I finally got to a point where uh, that no longer served me anymore. And I chose something different in the container of my marriage. And I started to dive into personal development and really look at my own stuff and start to take massive responsibility for my contribution to my suffering. Like I wasn't blaming it on anybody else anymore. I was really starting to take ownership for it. And as a result, I started to shift my value system. I started to shift my perspective and what I was willing to tolerate and what I wasn't willing to tolerate. And you know, when two people are not growing together, it's a recipe for transition out of that relationship, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And, um, that was one of the most challenging relationships for me in 2019 because it was really confusing. You know, there was a lot of love and of course there's guilt and shame around, you know, I made this commitment to this person. Um, but ultimately 
I knew that it was not serving either one of us for me to stay in a container that no longer served my evolution and didn't fit into my value system and also was keeping him stuck in a pattern of behavior of codependency and reliance on me. So in, in the, on the front end, it feels really hard because you're like, your thought process goes to, well, if I leave this person, this is going to happen. And we get stuck in all these beliefs of like, what are they going to do? And will they ever find somebody else? And these are stories that we create, right? But ultimately by leaving the container of a relationship that doesn't serve you, you give the other person the opportunity to choose something different for themselves as well. And it's kind of ironic. I'll just share like pretty much every relationship I've ever been in after I decide that that contract is complete and I move on that person that I've been with goes on to do incredibly amazing things. So I'm like, okay, this was my, this was a good thing. Right. So yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll be the so, next president or something. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how recent was this? So we transitioned out of our marriage December 27th. And I share that because my birthday was December 26th. And um, that's the day I got out of jail was the 26th. But anyway, go on. Really? Wow. See, like wow. transition, right? It's, it's, transition. it's choice yeah. to choose something new. And I've actually never shared this story publicly. This is the first time I'm talking about it. So, um, but I'm at a point now where I feel complete with it. I have a lot of, like I said, a lot of love and respect. We're in a great place. And um, 2019 for me was a year of space. I asked for anything that didn't serve me to please fall away. And I, I think our intentions and our wishes are super powerful. I probably would have been a little bit more specific with my ask because <laughs> I lost all of my income, my marriage transition. And I did the quintessential, like pack everything I own, drive across country with $500 in my bank account and move to California. Like, you know, the quintessential um, transformation story. But yeah, that was the end of 2019. So I feel very prepared for what 2020 is offering. Like nothing was harder than that. That's amazing. And thanks for sharing. I understand how you feel when it comes to sharing something like that, whether it is what you're going through or, you know, any kind of new trauma or hardship that you're facing because it's tough to, to get it out there. But as we've discussed on the show, the more you get it out there, the more uh, connection it creates for other people. So I know we got, we got like, you know, three minutes left and I want to kind of wrap this up. You guys have been amazing on the show so far. So walk me through, you know, maybe you guys give like a 60 second spiel each of how you think that your late, that, that, that the ladies aligned program can help women who are going through adversity. Yeah. I mean, I think that the stories that we've shared so far definitely speaks a lot, but this, this is, has everything to do with our alignment model, which is all around self-care, money mindset, and a roadmap to success. When you can honor your highest calling, your soul's calling, and you can take care of your energy and prioritize your energy, you are expanding your energetic capacity to receive more. You then make more money. And because you're making more money, you are now defining the way that you show up 
for your success. And it's not about you reading tons of books, podcasts, like information overload. You're really just learning how to listen to what you're being called to do. And it's the simplest, like easiest thing, but it's so hard at the same time because we've been trained not to do that. So what I think is so unique about Ladies Aligned and everything that we do from our events to our coaching programs, our masterminds, we're teaching more women how to listen to that inner voice and really show up in their fullest expression. And we give them permission to declare their truth. So just as you've heard the vulnerable stories that we've shared in this episode today with every like adversity that we've ever been through, we create so much space for you to do the same because we know that that's where your gifts are hiding right now. So pain is a messenger. And the more that we can follow the pain, follow the, the, um, to the things that we feel like we've been suppressing and learn how to actually suppress, learn how to actually express it instead of suppress it or depress it. It creates a life full of everything that you've ever desired. And I truly feel like I'm living proof of that. I feel like I'm in a place in my life where I've overcome so much adversity from molestation from my grand, my step grandfather to a client to like all these other things where I feel like I have a partner now that I really trust and um, believe in. And I have a family with my pup son Brody and I'm living in a space that feels really good to me. And I'm constantly just, I'm constantly just a conduit for whatever the universe is calling me to do next. And it feels really free to, to be in that place. So I know that every woman that comes into our ladies aligned field is going to be able to do the same. That was amazing. Thanks for sharing. So like, um, I mean, you I, that was a great perspective on your end. Melissa, what would you say like yours is in like 30 to 60 second, like highlight reel? I'll just echo everything Sandy said, because she's like the most poetic and eloquent person with her words, right? Her voice is like, it's like silk. Um, I just think it, like our motto is face everything, align and rise. Mm. Uh, and that stands for, it spells out fear. And I feel like when you are coming from a place of alignment and adversity comes your way, it's so easy to be able to anchor back into that mantra of this or something better. And when you're living and serving from a place of alignment, it just, it's so life gets to be so much easier. Um, it's not without challenge, but the way that you navigate through it feels effortless because you're equipped with the tools to trust yourself and act from a place of true alignment and not act out of fear or shame or guilt or resentment or all of these lower vibrational energies. It's all about the vibration and energy. So ladies, I thank you so much for, for hopping on here. Um, I think the audience can get a lot out of this. You know, for those listening, um, you just, you just heard a tale of two women who have come together to create something far greater than themselves in a mission to help, um, you know, women become the best version of themselves, you know, through being aligned. So I'm going to put all their information, their Instagram handles, hanging in contact with them about their events, what they're doing in the show notes, but thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Doug, thank you. And Great I just want to acknowledge, yeah, I want to acknowledge you cause you're an incredible yeah. interviewer this yeah. and you really, um, really cultivate a space for vulnerability, which I think is so important, especially through a platform like this, where, um, people 
get to be a fly on the wall and listen in on conversations and actually have real transformation. Podcasts have changed my life. I know they've changed yours. So I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you so much for giving us the space and, and making us feel so comfortable in your energy. Yeah. And thanks so much for living in your truth as well and sharing your stories because it just gives us permission to do the same and for your audience that are listening too. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm amazing and happy to have you guys. And, um, you know, I appreciate the kind words. And, you know, for those listening, like once again, you're going to want to re-listen to this episode because especially, I mean, not just if you're a female, but anybody who is struggling to find alignment. I mean, these two provided some great insight and tips. And um, once again, um, you've been listening to the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopst, and we will see you next time.